tonight. This is superstar Jake Atlas, a member of the PCW Ultra roster. You guys are listening to Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. Make sure you guys tune in and check out. Uh, check it out. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Post Podcast with Mark Madison. With his guest, Jake Atlas. Visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now, here's Mark Madison. Awesome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Pro Wrestling Post podcast. And I am uh, honored, actually, and, and really pleased to have with us Jake Atlas of the uh, PW, PW, PCW sorry, Ultra... Um, roster. Thanks again, Jake, for your time and your energy. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, so now, for maybe for fans that might not as be as familiar with your time, maybe if you can give some context to those unaware of maybe you're surely sharing your early interest and in pursuit in wrestling and any challenges and triumphs that followed you in that wrestling pursuit. Um, it, well, I mean, I've was a fan my entire life. Uh, it actually has been in my family. Uh, my family are they're from Mexico. My parents, and so they grew up watching Lucha Libre uh, it, over in Mexico. They would go to all the shows, even when they were kids. So it was a pastime that was kind of you know inherited or kind of you know passed down to myself and my brother. Um, it was my brother who kind of introduced me to the WWF at the time, um, and then after that, I became a huge fan of The Rock. Um, at the time, back in the Attitude Era. And when I started to find uh, AJ Styles back in, like, TNA era, um, was when I really enjoyed the athleticism of what was going on. Um, it just seemed like something that I could do. Uh, because growing up, I also did soccer, and I did gymnastics, and I did cheerleading. So I've always wanted to be active. I've always wanted to be an athlete. So I've always liked as well, and I thought it was a perfect blend of the two, so, I mean, as far as I can remember, I must have been, like, 11 or 12 when I first said, like, oh, I want to be a luchador, or I want to be a wrestler, um, and it kind of just stuck with me, um, since I was a kid, I mean, I would wrestle with my friends in, a, like, a back, uh, not a, um, in a school park next to our elementary school, so, I mean, it's been, it's something that's been, like, embraced, but only felt right to pursue it. So why more so wrestling than any of the other athletic um, interests that you had? I mean, you, and you mentioned a plethora of them, cheerleading and, and uh, soccer. And um, why were those maybe not something you gravitated towards as much, but per se wrestling was? Um, I think at some point I did. Uh, but I think with wrestling, it, it was something that just never left me. You know, it was like that plug that kind of like fit you. You know, the soccer, like, soccer was kind of, it was a, it was a phase, I guess. Cheerleading was a phase, and it was something that I eventually, you know, got over. Um, it's something that was, I knew was just, you know, a, a chapter in this, in, in this book. But wrestling was something that I felt just, it, it wasn't going away, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. it was a perfect blend still of what, of what I used to like in, in, in the sports that I was doing. But also, you know, being on camera, being on TV, because that was something within me as well as a kid that I always wanted to do, was be in the entertainment industry in some capacity. Um, 
I can sing or dance. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, you know, professional wrestling seems like the best avenue to do that. And I'm, you know, I'm actually like passionate about it. Like I'm, you know, I'm act- I actually enjoy doing it and I feel like it's something that I can pursue. So, you know, when I started training for it and I felt like, you know, it naturally came to me, but I, it was kind of like, you know, I answered my own question. Like, well, you know, you did the right thing type of thing. Well, your heart, you gravitated to where your heart was pulling you, and it was pulling you in that, in that industry, exactly. definitely. Yeah. Um, so, lifestyle is important as one's safety and sense of self becomes crucial. As we get older, um, it's important to know who we are uh, as people, as, individual, as individuals, and moving forward as adults, right? Um, there's that confusion that tends to happen. Um, how has it been, you know, received with you disclose, disclosing, you know, really personal and intimate portions of your life to the wrestling community. Um, you know, you should really be commended for talking about it in an industry that seems very um, maybe standoffish initially to some regards, an older guard, but the new regard maybe you appreciate it more. Um, maybe you want to uh, share a little bit of that? Of course, yeah. I mean, I always do that. Um, I would want to give someone else what I didn't have and that's always been in the back of my mind um, my my family has always been like giving um, towards me uh, more specifically my mother she, you know, she did everything she could uh, for us so I felt like that trait kind of stuck to me and I kind of felt the same way just about society and I always felt like how can I help someone that was going through the same issues that I was um, because now you see so many others that have helped me, you know, but I, it was a little too late, you know, it was a little too late for me to really grasp the, the, the message that they were trying to kind of exploit the world. So if I can do that to a younger generation and catch, you know, their attention and help them, like almost instantly, if they're struggling, you know, with um, the struggles that they would face and how one thing would relate to the other and it was a chain effect. And I, and I found myself relating to that. And I always felt that there's any way that I can make a bigger impact, not only onto these kids that I'm coaching, but others that don't really know me. Um, that's kind of where my inspiration came from in, in doing that, you know? Um, because I've always, I mean, I've always loved the youth. I've always, I, I mean, I enjoyed working with kids. And to me, the way I see it, and I always say this, is the youth is the future of, you know, our existence. Mm-hmm. So if I can, you know, it's hard to change the world, but if I can be a little help in that direction, like, I don't mind, you know, we have one lifetime, I want to do something positive with it, is the way I see it. Well, as a parent uh, of a child that's trying to understand his um, his sexuality moving forward, I, you know, I, I can say that the message you're spreading is phenomenal so please keep doing what you're doing oh thank you i appreciate that um i do want to share though i know culturally being from a specific background you know you've got a a latin heritage you can always make acceptance a challenge but you said that you know having your family's uh, support has always been there right from day one um has um has everyone not necessarily your family but even friends or, or those around is there still the challenge or was there not so much or are you, as you move past it, it's, um, it still continues to be embraced. 
Right. No, it was definitely, actually, I mean, I had support from the family of her son, but the biggest challenge that I faced was with my family, and it's a challenge that I continue to face. Um, you know, my mom is very much, you know, hate the sin but love the sinner, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and she's very much, she, she, I mean, we were raised Catholic, um, and, you know, in just you know, church that she would attend, that she attends, and, you know, it was something that was looked down upon. Um, she's, she's tolerant, and she understands, um, you know, that it is my lifestyle, and it is it's something, you know, but even to this day, it's a struggle to have a conversation with her, and that, to me, is my biggest pain, because, or my biggest challenge, because I'm doing, I'm trying to do something publicly, I'm trying to do something to help society and help the world, but when it's so public and she finds it, gets a hold of it, it's the whole conversation that I have to have with her every single day on why I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she doesn't understand why I'm being so public, why she's why And that's where I've had the most challenge. I mean, being in the locker room has been, you know, easy. Because the way I see it is I'm a wrestler first. Like, more than anything, I'm a wrestler first. I'm a pro wrestler first. I'm Jake Atlas first. I'm my character first. This is just a part of me that in any way I can to show representation and to show support and to show and to help others and I will do that. But my career and my my ability come first. Does that make sense? So, you know, going back to the challenge, it's mostly just, you know, personal and family more than anything is getting my mom on a day to day basis to understand that what I'm doing is positive, what I'm doing is making me happy. And what I'm doing can help others. That's fantastic. And um, I, I can say that I think part of it is just us becoming more understanding of what's going on. And unfortunately, in having that conversation over and over again, it's it's more or less, um, it's not easy for somebody that's still trying to figure it out for themselves and then having to feel like they've got to try to justify themselves, right? But that's just part of it. It's just... That, that as long as that conversation is happening and that discourse is happening, I think there's still great things happening here. So, um, <laughs> um, you know, you, and in part of what you're saying, you know, it's, it's an important message. It's a message you want to share. Um, one last portion or question that I had kind of tied to it, um, because right now it's still so early and so new and it's so important to make people aware that it's okay to just be yourself. Um, is there ever a concern that that your decision ends up becoming intrusive, or is it the message that's more important and the journey and the self discovery uh, that supersedes that? You know, leave me alone. I'm Jay Gatlas, the wrestler first. Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I do. It's so difficult because that's a good, it's so difficult because it's something I, I like the answer to that question is like something that I struggle with every day still because yeah. it's so difficult to say I want to be just Jake Atlas the wrestler but at the same time like I'm promoting inclusion I'm promoting mm-hmm. but the way I see it is and how I've said this is I for me my fight my battle is beyond the hatred and beyond uh, you know, the discrimination. I feel like as a society, we're a little more pat, we're, we're a little more advanced than that. Right. There are other public figures that are, you know, have the voice for that. 
my voice is just inclusion and how we can just be a part of society while still being ourselves um, without having that be our own, like our, our, our sole label. And I guess, I don't know if that made any sense, but like the best example I can put is like, for me, uh, as Jake Atlas, I want to be successful. You know, I don't want to just do this. I want to be successful and win championships and be a name in, in, in whether it's on the indie scene or with, you know, the major wrestling companies out there. I um, I want to be able to reach success um, so that if anyone were to ever look me up or any kid is able to look me up and they read about me and they're like, oh my God, this guy was able to accomplish that while being, you know, while being gay. That is amazing, and that shows me that I can do it too. But it, but it's almost like just we're blending in. Like there's nothing, you know. Another perfect example is like film. You know, we and I, I always say this is we barely had the first major LGBT film-oriented film this year, and it's taken us this long. And it should be something that should just be in like a part of society. I feel now, mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm trying to to do is to make it kind of. Now the normal, like why do we have to, why why do we have to be abnormal? I don't know if that made any sense. No, no, no. But I mean, the thing is, you well, you don't want to have to feel like that's what you're recognized as. It's it should be one thing first, and I think um, the industry itself has to kind of come around to it. And just as long as you continue to be you, um, people will will applaud regardless because they'll they'll look at. Whatever else you're saying is being, or whatever you've done, or that that personal side is being secondary. Um, but sometimes, right now, it's it's about them both kind of going hand in hand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To some extent, to some extent. Um, now, wrestling in itself and its success can be a journey. Um, who along your training, development, establishment can you attribute has been the most supportive uh, professionally, not necessarily personally, but those that have helped you to develop along the way? Uh, I would honestly say uh, Brody King is like the number one guy that comes to mind as far as, like you said, professionally. Um, Because, you know, we started training together and so we've seen each other from our first training session to where we are now. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that has pushed me to go past my limit, whether it's reaching out to this person or doing this and being on top of my emails, my social media, you know, it's not just a conversation of, I support you, dude, like, you're doing great. It's more of a conversation of, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you, you know, here's this checklist, here's what you need, like, does that make sense? Like, it's yeah. very much on a professional level where I look to him to where he's risen in his, you know, almost three years that he's been doing it, mm-hmm. and I'm getting to my two, and my two-year mark, and, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to follow his path, but definitely his guidance to see what I can get in, in how far can I get as fast as I can, mm-hmm. um, and even just wrestling-wise as well, you know, we're always training, um, we always push each other, he's a big guy, so he's always having me, you know, do certain moves and certain spots and sequences with him, you know, because it's like, if we can do it with each other, we can do it with any other size of person. Um, so in that sense, he's been my biggest push and biggest professional, you know, uh, kind of guidance. 
mm-hmm. um, has, has Brody himself. Uh, I know he's he's more or less checked in on you just to make sure that you are doing those things and to keep things in line. Um, is there anyone else that you can say has kind of opened your eyes to different aspects that, say, Brody hasn't necessarily done within the your preparation and training? Um, and I think that, yeah, yeah, I think a combination of, like, um, like Joey, Chaos, my trainer, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, uh, actually, uh, Joseph from PCW Ultra as well. I think in their own way, both of them, they make me see, they make me watch, you know, and they make me feel wrestling in a whole different light. Whatever I'm feeling, they make sure they, you know, talk to me about certain other aspects of what to expect in wrestling, um, whether it be in the match itself or in the locker rooms or um, on the journey up, you know, things yeah. like make sure that you're not just fixated on winning this championship, make sure that the road there is something that you've enjoyed as well, otherwise... Sometimes you'll get there, and this is just an example. Sometimes you'll get there, and you'll be like, okay, well, what's next? Or you did it. Um, so things like that, you know, reminding me that, you know, wrestling itself, like you said, is, is the journey. And it's something that you need to be able to appreciate and and um, and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even beyond that, you know, someone like Chaos um, guides me to, to change, to, to really learn much as I can about wrestling, you know, like one of the biggest things that we always talk that we always talk about and that chaos always tells me is, as long as you want to be great at this, you know, everything else will come, um, and that that's got to be first. You've got to want to be great at it, and I and I told them I said that's what I feel inside. You know, I want, I feel inside that I want to be great at this. I, I don't want to just do this and be another member. You know, another just wrestler. I want to. Like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to give it, you know, all of it, you know? What's up, everybody? This is Dan Wolf, PJ Black, and you are listening to Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. Um, is there anyone you could think of that uh, you may want to reach out to that might open your eyes to something different? Um, because it seems like you do have uh, a, a really strong grasp from those uh, closest to you looking at different aspects, but is there anyone uh, different? that you might want to reach out to that maybe you're not familiar with, but um, good word of mouth has come from. Right. Um, nothing in specific comes to mind. Mm-hmm. No one in specific right now. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm sure there's people out there that will give me a different insight on different things, like you know how to approach wrestling as an LGBT member or Mm-hmm. How to approach wrestling as a high flyer, or how to approach wrestling as with a gymnastics background. Like, there's just so many avenues that I can go that I'm sure there's so many people that understand that, but have a different opinion or different ideas of how I can get there, you know, or how I can accomplish, you know, whatever it is, whatever avenue I'm trying to embark on. All right. Um, now, you've also, you said, you know, you're, is this a two year mark of you competing professionally, or? Yeah, uh, in August, on August 6th, will be my two-year month. Wow, okay, so two years of competition, but um, now you're developing a name for yourself, you're following and following up on the West Coast, uh, but where else do you hope to compete um, outside of necessarily the West Coast per se, 
Um, where else have you competed, or would you pers like aspire to compete, and why? Um, I think I would want to go, like, two places that really come to mind right now is, like, Mexico, um, just because, uh, like, I've always wanted to do that at some point, you know, even, like, live down there for a right. couple months and learn, like, real lucha style, um, because the one we've learned is so, you know, hybrid. Yes. And learn, like, a real lucha style, and then as far as, like, just compete professionally, um, Something about Canada, you know, there's, they've got Smash Wrestling, they've got UCCW, um, they've got Seaport Wrestling up there, like, uh, those companies, like, just, if I can get up there in Canada and kind of spread my name out there, like, I think that can kind of help into the East Coast, because um, that's, you know, the competition is stiff, is the way I see it, and everyone's trying to be the, the big guy, every, or the best guy, you know, everyone's trying to open. Kind of my strategy right now is like I'm looking at maybe Canada and trying to build names out there with the names that come from out here, and then see you know how I can continue to network to see if from there I can go into somewhere in the East Coast, you know, one promotion or whatever. Um, and then just recently, I've been I've seen I'm seeing the trend with the Dojo Pro Show um, that I believe is being held with Ring of Honor, the, the new Dojo. Um, that they've opened up, and, and so that's something that was kind of on my mind as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where my head is right now. Um, well, if I want to go out of the West Coast. Outstanding. So basically, crossing the borders and and aspiring would would Mexico more so? I, I I know there's just living down there, and you mentioned that, but could any of your family's um, interest or introduction to it could that have played a little bit of a part in it? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I have I'm, most of my family is out there, so I'm sure they'd love to watch a show, watch me over there. You know, so yeah, that, that's definitely a, a huge part of it. Uh, and I'm very familiar with Smash. Uh, Smash. Uh, run shows close to where I live, and and uh, it's an outstanding um it's an outstanding promotion, and the talent that are part of it, it's just completely professional from top to bottom. Um, hoping that you do actually come up here and, and are able to make it and can actually get a chance to see you in person. Yeah, no, for sure. I would love to. I just, like I said, i got to start moving the water. You know, i got to start. Uh, hopefully soon, man. Hopefully, if not by the end of the year, at least hopefully early 2019. That's what I'm shooting for. Okay. Um, now, there's certainly a world outside of the WWE, but you had an opportunity to cross to cross paths with a significant member of the WWE. How did that all come about? Uh, yeah, I you know looking back at it now, I think I was you know Joey Chaos always sends us um, auditions for certain uh, shows uh, just to make some extra cash. Um, that show in specific that I was on, Undercover Boss, was not one of them. Uh, oh. I, I guess they used the same casting company. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get into the show that I originally auditioned for, um, but I think that casting company liked me still. They, just for whatever reason, it fell through. So they kind of passed me over to Undercover Boss, but I had no idea that it was Undercover Boss. They told me that it was a low-budget documentary, and they wanted to move me out to Florida. Um, and not move me out to Florida, to Florida to film. Um, and honestly, you know, as me, uh, I've never done anything in the entertainment industry, so I was kind of going in blind. 
didn't know or had a feeling or had an idea that it was have anything to do with Stephanie or WWE. Um, but that's how I got it. And it filmed in, in uh, November of last year um, and then aired this year in June. Um, are you happy with the end result or was there anything that maybe you would have shared that you know, kind of wish didn't make the cutting room floor? Um, you know, at first, uh, I definitely had uh, major anxiety over what I did share. Looking back at it now, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I don't. I think that the way everything turned out, you know, even during filming and then after it aired, I think everything happened the way it needed to happen, and I'm completely happy with how it did. Um, and there's not much anything that I would change. I mean, I've, I think I'm at a good place, and I think I have a good relationship. Uh, so it's just, you know, a matter of just continuing to grow myself as, as a wrestler and see where I end up, you know? Oh, super, super. Now, uh, on July 26th, you'll be a part of three-way dance with the likes of Matt Cross and Rich Swan. What do you anticipate with this match? Again, two very experienced seasoned veterans that you're going to be in there with. Uh, what do you anticipate happening? What do you think fans should look for to happen? Um, and what's your approach going in? So, what I, so uh, the date is at July 27th, I believe. July 27th, yes. Uh, and then uh, what I anticipate going into it um, is for it to be definitely the highest quality of my performance. Um, I feel like that's what I'm expecting to have to put like a lot of myself out uh, out there as far as like my abilities. Um, I'm definitely looking to. Tr- I have been. I mean, I'm not looking to. I have been uh, training a lot harder. You know, I'm. I'm I'm doing whatever I can to make sure I'm going to be up to par that, that day, that night. Um, my strategy is just to kind of learn. That's kind of what I want out of it. You know, these guys have been everywhere, and they're two of the top names in the industry right now. And I'm only, I'm not even, still, I'm not even going to be at my two-year mark by the time this match happens. And I've done some pretty cool things, I have to admit, but it's, you know, it, I still have like so much to learn. Like just like just like so much, and I think the gap of where I am and where these guys are, it's just going to challenge me. I love that. I love I love challenges. I love that, and I, I think it's you know like you said, what are fans going to have to expect? I think they're going to expect something they've never seen from me, as far as like you know what I bring. Um, as far as my wrestling, because you know I'm gonna be at the I'm gonna be at the dojo, um, you know every day until until next I just believe it's next week already until next week um, I'm gonna be at the dojo every day, you know figuring out new ideas, thinking of strategy, thinking of how I'm going to approach this match in a in a more in a higher quality um, kind of mentality, um, and I you know like I said more than anything I hope to really learn. Um, and really make an impression on both of them, and kind of show them that, you know, I'm, I'm, while I am trying to keep up with them, and I, I, I want to, and I know that I can, um, I want them to be able to help me understand what I can do to, to now grow from that, you know. Oh, Stan, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, how do you grow or 
or improve as a performer if you're not challenging yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, how has your experience been when working with PCW Ultra? Uh, any any experiences you're most fond of competing within the promotion? Um, you know, I've, I've I've wrestled twice for them at their like developmental shows called Young Guns, and then I've wrestled once before the past time after my debut. But my experience has been extremely like. Um, it's been very comforting and it's been very challenging in a good way. I don't feel like I'm not like nervous that I think I'm going to mess. I'm going to mess up. You know, I'm nervous in that I want people to see what I can do. You know, and, and there's a difference because I have been nervous about messing up. So that's the thing. You know, um, but I don't experience that with. People. Ultra. I think that the way they present their shows and their talent and their matches, it helps elevate everyone who's on that card, you know? And so I know that no matter what, as long as my head is correct, you know, screwed on right, mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to get the same, same thing out of that, you know? So, um, it's, I mean, it's been, it's been great, you know? It's, it's like I said, it's comforting and it's, and it's challenging, you know? It's not something you're not... It's not like you're, like, you know, I, I, yeah, like I said, you're not nervous about, like, fucking stepping on people's toes or, you know, messing up. You're nervous about, you know, doing, like, bringing, making sure people see that that's your best. Definitely, definitely. Um, before we leave you, we uh, did have one last, one of... Uh, one question, then maybe a little surprise. Uh, we leave you. Was there anything you'd like to, to make fans aware of um, as it pertains to Jake Atlas uh, moving forward? Um, I think that, uh, what, what, what I think what I want people to get across is that, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be Jake Atlas, and then there's going to be who I, you know, my, that's my character, you know, and then there's me, and, you know, after this experience, uh, like you have mentioned, uh, with CBS and, uh, the show that aired, it's, it's two different avenues I'm going to have to explore, and I, you know, it, it's I don't want to confuse one or the other. Like I, I want everyone's support on you know no matter like everything that I do, and I want them to know. And I like I would like people to understand my message that you know I want positivity, and I want to make sure that everyone is comfortable uh, in like my fans other wrestlers, trainees that um, hit me up. And I just want everyone to just kind of, you know, be on that same level of, you know, accepting whatever's going on. Just be accepting, man. Like, just have an open mind and just follow my career, you know, and, and, and promote the message that, that, I, that I send out, um, whatever that may be, on whatever platform, you know. Because um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do big things. I'm trying to do great things, and I can't do that without people's people's support. And good things and great things actually are ahead of you. So we definitely uh, know that. Looking forward to that, Jake. Oh, thank you. Um, before we let we, before we let you go, we were just curious if you're up for a little game. 
Okay. okay, so the game here on Pro Wrestling Post uh, we call Wrestling Tinder. Um, much like regular Tinder, you know, we throw out, unless it's not a, a significant other, it's a topic. If you're interested in the topic, you can swipe right. If you're not interested in the topic, you swipe left. So I'll throw out the topic. If you're interested, just say swipe right, and then you can go in to share your opinion on it. Okay. Okay. Um, so recently, um, there was a major fall that happened last night, and recently it's actually happened yesterday. Uh, Kevin Owens falling from a 15-high foot steel cage, landing flush onto a table. Uh, the question is, um, you know, they ran tests. Are some falls worth taking? Um, whether they run tests on it, uh, do you think bigger promotions really need to? Is the, is bigger always better, or sometimes smaller and being right to the point more important? So, looking at the two, are the big spots necessary or not? Uh, I'm going to swipe right. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Um, I think that if done right, and if not done repetitively, um, those big spots are necessary. In regards to the one from yesterday, like you mentioned, specific, I thought that that was well. I thought that was well done. Outstanding. Thank you. So, on behalf, I'd like to thank Jake Atlas and PCW Ultra. Uh, this is Mark Madison for the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with Mark Madison. And thank you to Jake Atlas for his time. Once again, please visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. And remember to find a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. Stay tuned for the next episode of Pro Wrestling Post Podcast as Mark Madison talks to King Cash next.